Welcome in sports fans and fans of the world to another Browns Big Picture here on the Sports and the World Podcast. On this Browns Big Picture, I'll discuss the cases of Ahmaud Avery and Breonna Taylor explaining why they matter to all persons. To stay connected, head over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash sports the world and Instagram at sports the world. That's facebook.com slash sports the world and Instagram at sports the world. Now enjoy this edition of Brown Big Picture on the Sports and the World Podcast. And welcome into a, another Brown's Big Picture edition here on the Sports and the World Podcast. I'm Ladarius Brown. He was killed in Brunswick, Georgia while jogging. And whatever conspiracy or narrative, oh, he wasn't jogging. The fact of the matter is he was killed. He was killed by the the father, a father-son duo. The father being Gregory McMichael and his son Travis McMichael, the one who pulled the trigger. Two days later, the Brunswick Judicial Circuit DA Jackie Johnson recused herself from the case based on a conflict of interest. And that was found in the Brunswick News, the local newspaper there in Georgia. And the conflict of interest in question is that Gregory McMichael was an investigator for her office, for the DA office. So she recused herself after many people calling for her for the recusal. So then the case was then handled by DA George Barnhill of the neighboring Waycross Judicial Circuit. So now we have a second DA. You'll see why I'm saying second DA. You see why I'm limited real soon. So now fast forward to April 2nd. Now DA Barnhill now, he recuses himself from the case due to his son 
working for Johnson. So for the same reason that Johnson recused himself from McMichael working for her office, now Barnhill recused himself because his son worked for Johnson as well. Now Barnhill had told Tom Jump, the Glen County police captain, the county in which Amon Aubrey was murdered, that, quote, there were no grounds for an arrest. So now, here we are, fast forward again. He goes on to say that, in a quote, in a letter that was obtained by the New York Times, that, quote, given the fact that Aubrey initiated the fight, McMichael was allowed to use deadly force to protect himself. That was his quote. That's in the letter. But also within that letter, he brings up a witness named William Bryan, who videotaped, which many of us have seen, which kind of led to the outrage. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that later in the timeline. So now, April 13th, the case goes to a third DA, Tom Durnden. And here, in a New York Times report, it was a DA, excuse me, the defense attorney, who previously consulted with the McMichaels, but yet would not represent them, leaked a video to WGIG, a local radio station. That was a report three days before the video was released on May 5th. So on May 8th, the New York Times confirmed that the video was released by the defense attorney. And then it was then that Durndon proclaimed that he plans to prosecute, excuse me, present the case to a grand jury once the COVID-19 restrictions are lifted in Georgia. So now wheels are moving. We're starting to see something. We're seeing patterns. Millions of people were outraged by the video. So now we're moving in a direction. Now, May 7th, two days after the video was released, Gregory and Travis McMichael were taken into custody by the GBI, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, facing charges of felony murder and aggravated assault. And they are booked in Glenn County Jail. Now, this is what causes the outrage. This is why many of you may be outraged or why so many people are outraged. Maybe this is why. It took 74 days from when this young man was killed to get these arrested. That's where the outrage sparks. That's where the outrage is coming from. And it's understandably so why the outrage is what it is. It's completely understandable. And I think one of the things is, is that it took three and a half months to get to the point, to get to this point. And the reality is, is that that's why people are outraged. That's that's where the outrage is kicking in. So now, May 10 into the and the 11th, the Georgia Attorney General asked the Department of Justice to conduct a complete and transparent review of how the Ahmad Aubrey case was handled from the onset, from the outset, excuse me. 
and there are many who are pushing for hate crime laws. But Georgia is one of four states in the country that do not have hate crime laws on their books, joining South Carolina, Wyoming, and Arkansas. And then lastly, a fourth DA is assigned to the case at the behest of Aubrey's family, S. Lee Merritt. So now, this is where we are, pertaining to Ahmad Aubrey. And we're going to circle back to Ahmad Aubrey once we talk about another incident that took place in Kentucky with Brianna Taylor. She was 26 years old. She was an EMT who was shot eight times in her home by police in Louisville, Kentucky, March 13th. Now, the police say that the, the, the police said here that they commenced the shooting after one of the officers was shot and injured. However, in a lawsuit filed by Taylor's family against the Louisville Metro Police Department, claiming officers were not searching for her or Kenneth Taylor, her boyfriend, and no drugs were found in the home. That's going to be an important part once once again when we roll down. Now, Walker's attorney asserts that he fired in self-defense, believing the home was being broken into since the police didn't announce who they were. Taylor was not the target of this narcotics investigation. However, police had a no-knock provision in the search warrant, which meant that they could enter without IDing themselves as law enforcement. So essentially, a no-knock search warrant is essentially saying that they can enter your home and barge through. You know, they can just barge through your door, essentially. That's the criminal justice coming out of me there. Now, according to the records, the police believe that Jamarcus Glover, a suspect in the narcotics investigation, used Taylor's home to receive mail, keep drugs, and stash money from the drug sales. However, going back to the lawsuit, police ID'd Glover at a home 10 miles away from her apartment to execute prior to executing the warrant on her residence. So, this Jamarcus Glover, per the lawsuit, 10 miles away. The police say, well, he was using Breonna Taylor's home. So, a lot to take in in this case. But, we'll never know because there's no body cam footage accessible since the criminal intuition squad doesn't use the equipment. So basically the people who did the raid do not have the equipment. And then going back to Walker, he was charged with an attempt he was charged with attempted with attempt of a police officer attempted murder of a police officer. But the three officers three officers who served the warrant on that home were were basically given administrative leave and another call for justice from the Justice Department from Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir and California Senator Kamala Harris, who was once herself the Attorney General 
of California are calling for a federal investigation. So there's a lot to take in. And I'm sorry if it I'm sorry if it sounded very lethargic, but I wanted to give you the facts of the case because I want people to understand. You're going to read things, you know, online. Everybody has a theory. Everybody's a criminal justice expert. Everybody knows the law, apparently. I believe in facts. In the same capacity, when I talk about sports, you should talk about everything. You bring facts to an argument. You don't bring a knife. You don't bring a knife to cut. You don't bring a knife to cut a piece of paper. Okay? Common sense. You bring facts to an argument in the same way you bring scissors to cut paper. It sounds simple, but yet people are still perplexed by that. YouTube is a classic example of that. If you go to YouTube, full of theories, no facts. But going back to what I said in the top of this Brown's Big Picture episode here on Sports in the World podcast is why are these cases portal? Why do we need to have a conversation? Because you have people say, oh, making it about race and it shouldn't be about race. You're right. It shouldn't be. But it is. Because I want people to think about this. I don't know who those who have seen the movie A Time to Kill. I don't know who's seen that movie. It's a very good movie with Matthew McConaughey as a lawyer and Samuel L. Jackson. And in the courtroom scene, when in Jake Brigance, that's McConaughey's character, he he lets the jury, he plays on the pathos, the emotion, the anger, the vitriol. He tells everybody in the jury and those in the courtroom to close their eyes as he described the details of what happened to Samuel Jackson, his character's daughter, by these two men who he killed in cold blood. He asked them to picture while he was outlining the story. And then he said, imagine if they were white. And I'm gonna do the very same thing here. So if I told you, close your eyes, indulge me for the next minute and a half. Here's the thing. What if I told you a 25 year old man was outside. He was unarmed. He was pursued by two other men and he was shot dead while jogging in your neighborhood. That could be your father. That could be your brother. It could be your sister. It could be anybody. In this context, your father, your brother, your uncle, a cousin could have been killed by two unarmed people. But in this case, it happened to be a black man pursued by two white men. That's what happened here. That's the reality. 
Look at the Breonna Taylor case. An EMT was shot eight times in her home because the police got the wrong home. She's dead. That could be your mother. That could be your sister, your cousin, your aunt. It could happen to anybody of any color. But where the outrage kicks in, it's black. And it's important to understand that this is not to a big speech, you know, to rally in the concept of, hey, burn the streets. What I tell people is this. What you do, use your voice if you have a voice. Social media could be your voice. Use your actual voice. Because I could have been a moderate. Many of you could have been a moderate. Some of you could have been Breonna Taylor. It could happen to any of us. Don't get, don't let certain outlets make you believe that this case is not about race. Because given the various injustices that's happened to black people, where in this country, we were considered three-fifths of a person. Let me repeat that again. Three-fifths of a person. Letting it soak in. That's why there's outrage. And you fast forward to the Michael Browns, the Trayvon Martins, the Alton Sterlings, the Althea Jeffersons, the Tamir Rices. It's why many black people are outraged, including myself. I'm not asking those who are non-white to, to take it as, oh, you know, they're angry at white people. No. It's to understand why we feel the way that we do. It's a mere concept of understanding why we feel, why we feel. You may not agree with it, but understand it. Because at the end of the day, if you're looking at this the way I just talked about, if you look at it that way, I'd understand. But what makes both of these cases, yet it seems so unique, but yet all one and the same, is, is that it could have been any of us. Because death has no calling card in terms of, well, I'm going to get this, 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 and this. History has shown us that. But if you want a bigger reason, why is that justice? We want justice because we've seen too many times people walk. We've seen the road of the grand jury. We've seen the trial. We've seen the ending. We've seen the end of the book. We've seen the credits in the movie. 
That's why we're outraged. And if you're also asking why again, why this should matter to you, I leave you with a quote from Martin Luther King from his letter from the Birmingham jail that he wrote in April 1963. And this is what he said. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects us all indirectly. What Dr. King is trying to say is, is that it may have been your son or daughter or brother, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, your cousin. It may not that may not have hit home on your doorstep. But in some capacity, it made a knock at your door. It made a noise. That's what Dr. King's saying, and that's the point I want to convey here. I'm not going to sit here and make an agenda. It's sort of a plea to have a conversation, to understand that if this happened to your your family, would you not want justice? And I read the facts of each of these cases to get an, to get you, the listener, to understand that on top of the plight of black people in the cases of this nature is to understand that it could happen to anyone and you would want justice as well so as we wrap up this episode just keep that quote in your mind And that's this edition of Brown's Big Picture here on the Sports and the World Podcast. I'm Lavarius Brown. Until next time, be real, be you, and be blessed. Thank you for listening to another edition of Brown's Big Picture on the Sports and the World Podcast. Leave your thoughts and comments on the cases of Ahmaud Aubrey and Breonna Taylor at facebook.com slash sports the world and on instagram at sports the world also head over to twitter and tweet me on my personal twitter account at ladarius underscore brown that's at ladarius underscore brown if you haven't subscribed to the podcast head over to anchor.fm slash sports the world and listen to wherever podcasts can be heard. Until next time, I'm Ladarius Brown. Love, peace, and unity until you and I look at the big picture.